Simplicity, finding contentment in a busy life. We live in a world where innovation is an all-time high. It seems that every week a newer version of something you just purchased the week before is on the market. It's big, it's better, it's improved, and it fuels a feeling of discontentment. How can we live with simplicity in a world that forever tugs at us to be discontent with what we have and to fill our lives with more? Thankfully, the Bible has a lot to say about contentment. In these six lessons, we will discover biblical principles for simplicity and contentment. One, simplicity and contentment begin with a focus on Christ. Two, a focus on Christ is to be pursued daily. Three, all we need is wrapped up in Christ. Four, pursuing godliness in Christ gives us all the contentment we would, we would ever, that should be ever desire. Five, simplicity includes taking time for God-given rest. Six, simplicity is expressed in the way we relate to others. My desire is that by the end of this study, we can all say with the Apostle Paul, I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Philippians 4, 12, 13. Okay, now we're going to go over to session two. Uh, where we're going to pick up today in our study. And as you can see, our lessons are a set of life. We missed that one. I encourage you to do that one in some spare time at home and catch up. And then today is a daily pursuit, Philippians 4, 4 to 9. Okay. Uh, the key to contentment, you know what keys do, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right, so you, you want to be able you you to know, focus on that one, the key to contentment. And then God, godly contentment. Mm-hmm. People have contentment today, but it's not godly. Right. So it doesn't last. And then there's a slower pace. Some people are too much of in a hurry. I know a man who lost his life because he was in a hurry. He didn't take advice, he was in a hurry, and he lost his life tragically. And then an uncomplicated, uncomplicated relations. Some people live lives and they endeavor to make relationships complicated when it doesn't have to be. Okay, session two. Uh, question one. When has the taste of water felt especially good? And all that salt there yeah, hit you and Okay, but how can victims they can tell you how it really tastes. Yes. Okay, uh Bible needs life. We need water every day. Water makes up 50 to 65 percent of a man's body weight and 45 to 60 percent for women. To keep our bodies in this optimal range, we need to drink a half a gallon of water a day. Mm. All this water protects our tissues, joints, and spinal cord. It aids our digestion and helps remove the waste. Every part of our bodies need water. Without water, dehydration kicks in, and that's not good for a body so dependent on water. Dry mouth, headaches, dry skin, dizziness, muscles, muscle cramps, and tiredness are all signs we need water. Mm-hmm. 
We can get by for several weeks without food, but water is a different matter. Yeah. At best, we can survive only three to four days without water. Too many of us experience spiritual dehydration. We need daily contact with our Father. Dry souls, irritability, and difficulty in our spiritual walk are a few of the signs we need to be replenished through time with God. The cure is as simple as a time of prayer and praise to the one who keeps us going. We need Jesus yep. every day. Every okay. Day, every minute. So sometimes we can become spiritually dehydrated. Okay, so we see the, see how important water is, and that's why what you hear in more of the need for today in this uh, hurricane aftermath. Water. Water is at the top of the list. list. Water, portable drinking water. Um, where does life, uh, where does a life of simplicity start? It starts when we begin our day. It's often tempting to jump into our task knowing we have a lot to accomplish. Starting each day with God gives us the singular focus we need that brings greater contentment. As we focus on God in praise and prayer, dwelling on Him becomes an ongoing practice throughout the course of the day. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this lesson that you placed before us today, and we ask, O oh Lord, that you would reveal to us in it uh, ways that we can stay attuned to you every single day of our lives and not allow the things of this world to distract us in any way, shape, or form. Thank you for what you're about to do. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Okay, um, what is the point? Depend on your relationship, deepen your relationship with God by spending time with Him every day. Every day spending time uh, with him. Okay, we have a couple of passages to read, uh, but before that, uh, let me give you the setting. In Paul's letter to the Philippian Christians, he thanked them for the gift they had collected for him. Throughout the letter, he returned quite often uh, to the theme of joy in Christ. He reinforced the call for believers to rejoice by teaching them how to experience the peace God gives. God's peace resulted from spending time with them in prayer and shaping their thoughts and actions in keeping with their devotion to Him. And so we see how important it is spending time uh, with the Lord. Just as it's important spending time with those that we love, it is often, it is more so spending time with God. Okay, we have our, our first passage, Philippians 4, 4 and 5. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your graciousness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Many things can rob us of joy. Doubt, death, challenges at work, illness, relational difficulties, and numerous other problems can cause Christians to lose their joy. But we need not lose our joy because we do not rejoice in our circumstances. We rejoice in the Lord. Joy comes from our relationship with Jesus, not our circumstances. Paul wasn't writing this letter from a comfortable back porch. He was in prison. Some of the Philippians surely remembered when right there in their own city, Paul and Silas were beaten and imprisoned. 
Yet the two evangelists spent the night praying and singing praise to God. Acts 16, 11-12, 22-25. Where did Paul's joy come from? It came from Jesus Christ. Paul didn't tell us once to rejoice. He told us twice, intentionally repeating himself. He viewed the spirit of rejoicing as critical in the Christian's life. The Greek word Paul used was a child, a verb of action. The fact that it is a verb is telling. Rejoicing is not something that happens by accident or through osmosis. It is a daily decision to choose to find our joy in Christ, regardless of our circumstances. Early in my walk with Christ, I aligned my prayers with wants, needs, and complaints. I ended my prayer time by reminding God what I wanted just in case he forgot. The entire prayer time is about me, myself, and I. Really did I pray for others or praise God for who, for who he is or thank him for what he had done. When I made a choice to change that, my prayer life was enriched and my walk with Christ was strengthened. I choose to always start my prayer time with praise, even when I was feeling depressed or discouraged. Regardless of my state of mind or state of life, God never changes and for that I have a reason to praise. Rejoice because the king is still on his throne. Rejoice because death has lost its sting. Rejoice because we do not fight to gain victory. We fight because the victory has been won in Christ. Rejoice. What a way to start our day, rejoicing in who God is and what he has done. Have you ever met a Christian who was going through the worst circumstances possible and yet carried a sense of peace and a larger than life smile? I have, and his name is Fred Dallas. Fred, was, Fred has been a missionary and traveled the world. He is a great father and husband, and he has ministered to thousands of people when they were at their lowest points. Fred also has advanced cancer. It seems unfair that this would happen to such a faithful man of God. But the faithful are not exempt from the pains and trials of this life. But Fred has not held, but Fred has not felt sorry for himself or thrown pity parties. Instead, he continually rejoices in who he in, in who God is. He fills his social media with smiles and scriptures. His daily posts are full of rejoicing. Fred embodies the truth of this passage: Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Amen. Okay, look at the handout you got uh, just now. Uh, it's an outline of the book of Philippians. And uh, when we look at the background, we notice that Paul planted the church at Philippi during his second missionary journey in response to his Macedonian vision. Okay, so God spoke to Paul, called him, and Paul responded, and his response was the plant of a new church in Europe. Notice the purpose. Paul wrote to the Philippians to thank them for the financial gift they had sent through Epaphroditus. He further wanted to report on Epaphroditus and, and to tell about Timothy's probable visit to them. As an added bonus, Paul wanted to give them some important doctrinal teaching about Christ and knowing him as well as to offer practical advice on living the Christian life vigorously and joyfully. Notice, practical advice. 
advice that, advice that you can sink your teeth into, that you can identify with, that you can put into action. On how? On what? Living the Christian life, notice, vigorously and joyfully. Not laborious, laboriously and, 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 and complainingly, <laughs> if those are words, <laughs> okay? But vigorously and joyfully. And that's how all of us are to live uh, our lives uh, for the Lord. Because um, whenever things get bad for us, think of the fact that somebody down the road have it worse. Okay, and we know that now. We can see that now. All right? Uh, so uh, complaining really. And notice the primary message. Paul exhorted the church to unity, chapter 1 to 2. two. Paul warned the church to be aware of Jewish legalists. Uh, he countered legalist ideas with the teaching of justification by faith, and salvation was provided by Christ who became obedient to death. Paul discussed stewardship by thanking the Philippians for the financial gift and encouragement to him in a time of need. He also taught that Christ, taught that Christ was his life and Christ's provisions were all he needed. In other words, Christ was in all, his all in all. And the church was to imitate Jesus. And then the summary, forms of the noun joy and the verb rejoice occur 15 times in this short letter. Philippians is the biblical book that most extensively defines and describes joy. So you want to know what joy looks like? Read the book of Philippians. Okay, read the book of Philippians. Question number two. Well, a couple of things Paul says in the passage we read. Uh, rejoice because the king is still on the throne. Okay, we, always, we need to always remember that. Okay, and it, it simply reminds us that God is sovereign. He's always in control. No matter how bad things get, God is still in control. And Job remembered that quite, quite well. When everything on the earth, Job was like those persons in the house who, who were depleted by the house. He lost everything. Yes. Absolutely everything. What was his response? The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Okay. Rejoice because death has lost its sting. And then rejoice because we do not fight to gain victory. We fight because the victory has been won in Christ. And there's a lot more we could go on with here, but time wouldn't permit us. So let's look at question number two. When was the last time you really rejoiced over something? Can you remember? Huh? My, my mom and sister had a successful surgery. Okay, when your mom had a successful surgery. Okay, anybody else? The last yeah. time. Then you have a walk on your own. Huh? Then you have a problem. And you can get up and walk on your own without saying, please. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> then you look into the heavens and you see the angels. Okay. <laughs> hmm. Uh, Michelle? When I have my little baby. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay, next we will see, we will again see the, the admonition not to worry and what to do instead of worrying. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Philippians 4, 6 to 7. Don't worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. 
and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Don't worry about anything. We address the topic of worry in our pre we address the topic of worry in our previous session, as Jesus called us to pursue His kingdom and His righteousness. The antidote for worry comes as we center our lives on Christ, and in this passage, Paul gives us a key to centering our focus on Christ with three words: prayer. Prayer seems like the obvious thing to do, but it is often the most neglected spiritual spiritual discipline of the Christian life. Prayer is more than communication with God, it is a communion with Him. Prayer includes a worship attitude as we come before God. Through Christ, we have access to the Creator of the universe who hears our prayers. Let me state that again. The Creator hears our prayers. Amen. That truth alone should drive us immediately to pray. Instead, we often find ourselves struggling to find time to pray. It's, it sometimes seems like we are just too busy and have too much to do. How can we stop long enough to pray? We always find time for what is truly important to us. If you do not pray much, it is because you have decided not to do it. If you, if you are considered a prayer warrior, it is because you made a decision to make prayer a priority. Those who find time to pray do so because they make the time for it. Petition number two. Petition is asking God for something specific. Paul was telling us to communicate our needs and those things that tempt us to worry to God. Number three, thanksgiving. Every night when my family sits around the dinner table, we share the, the highs and lows of our day. And, when, and then we discuss one thing we can each thank God for. I want my kids to see that life will always have highs and lows, yeah. but we can always be thankful to God. Our highs and lows will change, but God never does. Yes. With God on the throne, we always have a reason to be thankful. Mm -hmm. Continue, 29. Paul told us to, to run everything through prayer, petition, and thanksgiving. Everything. Not just the big things. Everything is to be filtered through prayer. Bring it all to, to the God who can handle it. Once we pray and give our burden to Him. To God. To God, sorry. We, we can have peace in the midst of the problem. We can be surrounded and sheltered by the peace of God. This is a peace unlike anything the world can offer. It is a peace that surpasses all understanding. One reason God's peace is so extraordinary is that we can have it when it makes no sense to have it. This peace transcends understanding. How could Paul have peace when he was in a Roman prison? God's peace flooded his soul through prayer. This peace comes when we lay our requests and worries before God and leave them there. <clears throat> this is called trust. Too often we place our requests at His feet only to pick them back up. <coughs> Faith leaves them with God. He may not always answer our prayers on our time, on our time schedule, or with the exact answer that we think is best. <coughs> Faith trusts that God will answer at the right time. Faith trusts that God will give us the best answer. 
one that may even be beyond what we thought was best. Faith trusts and leaves the matter in the hands of our sovereign Lord. Okay, notice that fast last sentence. Faith trusts and does what? Leaves the matter in the hands of a sovereign. And you know what sovereign means? Absolute control of everything. Okay, but notice uh, the antidote, the antidote for worry, centering our lives on Christ. In this passage, Paul gives us the key to centering our focus on Christ with three words, prayer, petition, and thanksgiving. Okay, last passage, uh, Philippians 4, 8 to 9. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any moral excellence, and if there is anything praiseworthy, dwell on these things. Do what you have learned and received and heard from me and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. Amen. Moral excellence. <clears throat> A Greek term that points to the ethical ideals of Christian virtue that we display before the world as we walk with the Lord. A life of daily praise and prayer puts our focus where it needs to be on Jesus Christ, the one who replenishes us with the living water. Jesus said, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. The one who believes in me, as the scripture has said, will have streams of living water flow from deep within him. John 7, 37 and 38. We can't stay focused on Christ if we let the wrong things crowd our minds. We have got to lose the baggage that crowds out the things of God. My family recently went to a family camp that included a host of recreational activities, theme nights, date nights, and so forth. With a family of six, you can imagine how much luggage we had. Flying yeah. mm-hmm. with five bags was expensive enough, but if the bags were heavier than 50 pounds, we had to pay an additional fee. Yeah. All the bags cleared the scales, except one. We had to toss the extra weight. We carry around a lot of unnecessary baggage, but if we lose it, what takes its place? God wants us to fill our minds with his word. We need God's word to saturate our thoughts daily so that our minds may be renewed and we will be kept from grievous ways. Paul called us to think on those things that are true, not false, honorable, not dishonorable, just, not unfair, pure, not obscene, lovely, not unlovely, commendable, not wrong, filled with moral excellence, not corrupt, praiseworthy, not shameful. When we think on these things, we can take every thought captive to obey Christ. 2 Corinthians 10.5 Surrender your thought life to Jesus. Don't allow it to drift into the gutter. The wrong thoughts will still want to invade your mind, but be aggressive and take every thought captive. Think in a Christ-centered, Christ-exalting way about all things. In addition to thinking praiseworthy thoughts, Paul called us to follow godly examples. He said, do what you have learned and received and heard from me and seen in me. Imitate believers who set their minds on our creator and redeemer. Watch them. 
pay attention to their lives, what they read, topics of their conversations, and what they value. As a result of striving to be like other believers, Paul said that each follower would know more of God's peace. The prophet Isaiah put it this way. Isaiah 26.3, you will keep the mind that is dependent on you in perfect peace, for it is trusting in you. When we focus on Christ and trust in him, we have peace. Peace is the natural byproduct of a mind that spends time with God every day. Dwelling on his word and the things of God draws our hearts closer to him. And intimacy with Christ takes on a new meaning when we saturate our daily thoughts with the things of God. Amen. That's a lot of food for thought. What? You know, uh, how many of you have to deal with the, the drama of heavy bikes, heavy luggage? All the All the you know, it got to the point in my life where, where I said, man, I can't deal with this no more. I just can't deal with this. So I bought a scale. You know, bought a scale. You know, easy solution. No drama. Okay. Uh, I hate to interrupt this good conversation. But if you're going to leave from here at 10 15, so you start at Yeah, we're wrapping up right now. <laughs> we're wrapping up right now. Page 33. Page 33. Let's see how we can live it out. Uh, it's now 10.15. So what steps are you willing to take in order to deepen your walk with Christ? Consider the following suggestions. Praise daily. Begin your day every day with praise. Instead of focusing on your aches and pains, praise God. Praise puts the day ahead of you into perspective. And then pray daily. Set aside time every day for uninterrupted prayer where you give God your full attention. Yes. At this stage of your life, you can control your schedule. Prayer is a daily decision. Pray about your day and pray for the challenges others are facing. Yes. Let the peace of God rule your heart as you leave these needs in His hands. And then finally, read daily. Get into God's Word daily. Choose a Bible reading plan and or use this book as a guide for your daily focus in God's Word. Partner with others in your group to support and encourage each other in your daily prayer and reading. Yes. Make a daily choice to do these things and intimacy with Christ will follow. Spiritual, Spiritual dehydration yes. will be a thing oh, of yes. the past. Amen. Okay, let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, teach us to make you the focus of our lives every single day that you allow us to be on planet earth. Speak in your still small voice and remind us of our need to spend time with you this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.